Nowitzki, high arcing three. Oh, a rainbow goes through. Nowitzki, quick move and a finish. Terry to Kidd. Nowitzki wants the ball, has him again. Excellent ball denial. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven-point lead with 33 seconds remaining. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the one more thinking, the Game 5 fiend. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm super hyped uh, to, one, talk about this game because it was an incredible game, first of all, and the Mavericks won. Uh, Still hyped from the Jordan doc from over the weekend, which if you watch the doc, and I know there's no other podcast out there recapping that documentary, so if you need another one, and uh, you can always go and listen to us yesterday, but right now, so during quarantine, I've tried to get a little cardio in, you know, pretty much, tried to every day with my dog, just Just chasing your son around the house. That, yes, that's cardio in itself, but um, we live in a very tiny house, so it's not much, but... uh, walking my dog all the time I try to do you know at least once a day for a good little amount but today I was like you know what I think I need to start doing some like actual like workout stuff put down this like mat thing in my garage and this is just a long story to say I haven't did uh, like uh, upper body stuff in a while I was doing some stuff before quarantine going to LA fitness and stuff but just trying to do some stuff in my garage and now I'm just like my arms and shoulders are just shot and they're dead <laughs> and I just don't know what to do. I don't, I don't even want to like type right now. So this will be a physically not ex- extensive podcast for sure. You'll not have to exert much energy in this Isaac. Jordan However, just got me all like going like I just got to work out now. MJ, let's go. You got that Mamba mentality. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, on today's pod, like Isaac and I alluded to, we will be breaking down Game 5 of the 2011 NBA Finals, Mavs versus the Heat. This was obviously a huge game. We're continuing our Finals flashback series in 2020. We've done it again. We've done it back in 2017, I think, and so now we're doing it again. And, man, if you haven't, go back and listen to Game 1, 2, 3, 4. We also did uh, a, the season recap, You know the 2010-2011 season. We also did the first three rounds of the playoffs leading up until this finals. And so now we're getting into Game 5. Let's get into the pregame talking points and all that because this was kind of uh, – this is a pivotal game. This is a huge, absolute huge game for both sides, really. Um, this was the famous game where shoot-around – before the game, mm. there was a video shot, a famous video, now now infamous, but then famous. Yeah. The video shows, this is from a Fox Sports article, the video shows Wade walking alongside LeBron James following a shoot-around the morning of Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Dwayne Wade coughs, then says, did you hear me cough? Think I'm sick. First of all, okay, so this is Wade now talking about the video. Uh, actually, let's let's so so the the idea of the video is that they're making fun of Dirk after game you know during game four he had a hundred and one degree fever hundred two degree fever and he was you know like pulling his collar up after the game for his interview and he was you know trying to stay warm he was doing all this stuff and he was actually really sick and it seemed like LeBron and Wade were making fun of him and coughing and joking about this oh they were do you remember? seeing this video because i do do you remember seeing this video and what was your initial reaction to it 
I don't remember seeing it for the first time. Like, it's not like a moment that is ingrained in my brain, like when they won the title. But I do remember it was in like at least like the feeling of it when I watched it. And I just it was like, what a joke. And I'm like, how? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the proper words to say this. On, uh, <laughs> the family friendly words to say it about was, it. It was just very <laughs> dumb, very childish. Sure, we'll go there. Very, I think it was very immature and childish of them to do that. And it's like, you just lost. Like, you, you just lost the series, is now tied up, and um, you have the audacity to make fun of another star who uh, has torched you um, and, you know, has this, the final series. And it's like you're supposed to be two of the biggest names in the NBA, and you stoop that low to, to do something like that. And there was no way around it. They, you know, I, they, you know Wade tried to deny it, and it's like, you know, like Dirk <laughs> has addressed this multiple times and stuff, and... It was just, it was an amateur childish move and it pissed me off at the time and I wanted that win so dang bad. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Even as a, you know, I wasn't really, I was I was rooting for the Mavs, I guess, but I wasn't a Mavs fan at that point. And I was watching this on, I remember seeing it on SportsCenter and I just remember thinking, man, like, come on guys, really, you're gonna stoop to that level. Uh, and you know, I like LeBron, but even at that point I was like, man, like that's just a stupid thing to do at this point. This is what Wade said after you know. I guess after the after game five, after game five, or maybe this is before game five. It was kind of unclear as to when he said this, but it was around that time because the article came out in 2011. First of all, it wasn't fake coughing. Wade said, "I actually did cough, and with the cameras being right there, we made a joke of it because we knew you guys were going to blow it up. You did exactly what we knew. We never said Dirk's name. I think." He's not the only one in the world who can get sick or have a cough. We just had fun with the cameras being right in our face about the blow up of the about the blow up of the incident, and to be and it held to be true. You blew it up. That's what Wade said. If you're gonna be childish and immature, at least stick by your actions. And like I think that the fact that he couldn't even man up to it and say that yeah, that's what we did. Come on, that's just that speaks volumes right there. LeBron said, if you guys want to feed into everything that not only myself or D-Wade or Miami Heat do, I think that's a non-issue. There's bigger issues in the series than us. So they both are using methods of uh, yeah. <laughs> pushing it, brushing it to the side, right? Bl- blaming the media. <laughs> so uh, the video shows you know Wade cops, he and LeBron laugh and tug on their collars over their nose and mouth as as Dirk did after the, you know, during the interview, game four. Uh, and Dirk... Clearly did not see anything humorous about it. He considers them implying that he may not have been sick. This is Dirk, what Dirk said about it. I've been in this league for 13 years. I've never faked an injury or an illness before. But the video happened. It's over to me. It's not going to add anything extra to me. This is the NBA Finals. If you need extra motivation, you have a problem. And I thought that was such a great quote. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, did, Did you know when he said that? I think he said I'm guessing this is after the game. The article wasn't wasn't clear on know, when these quotes came, but I know he very clearly, you know, said he didn't like it, you know, and stuff after the game. But yeah, I mean, if you're Dirk, you're you know, you're a bothered by it. Somebody gonna take a shot at you, and I mean, it's not like that. Yeah, he went out there and played that game, and they barely even talked about it on the broadcast. His you know the flu game for Dirk, and so anyway, I, yeah, childish all the way around. Dirk didn't like it. No Mavs fans liked it, and you know Dirk said, "Hey, I don't need the extra motivation. It's the finals. Like, come on." And so he took it. You know, it was the best way Dirk could possibly take it. The other storylines for this game were LeBron was coming off that eight point game. We talked all about it in our game four pod. Um, it was eight point game for LeBron. Didn't score in the fourth quarter. 
LeBron said it was inexcusable and he felt like he let everyone down. LeBron on Twitter, the day of game five, said now or never. Mm. Talking about the game, he also said that this was the biggest game of his career before this game. Yeah, and big at, 17 at point, point it was, loss. At that point, it was he hadn't he hadn't won the title yet. Um, and this is this is the game before the game where Deshaun Stevens says Deshaun, Deshaun yeah. Stevenson said LeBron checked out in game four. Yeah, he did. Let's go, Deshaun. So that was a huge thing before the game, obviously. And Deshaun Stevenson was felt like as I'm watching these games, he didn't play really that much, but he was such a big presence, right? Like I just remember all the anecdotes about yeah. Deshaun Stevenson. And well, even before game five, you know, he had his knee drained, so he's dealing with that. And they talked about this, you know, Stevenson, you know, quote on the broadcast. And of course, you know, Mark Jackson being on the payroll for for LeBron, saying, you well, know, joking about it. And he was said, actually I, I, he just had gotten hired by the Warriors, so he's on the Warriors <laughs> yeah, payroll. Sure. So he had literally just been hired by the, the Warriors like during this series, I think. Mark Jackson notably always loves LeBron, always takes up for him. And he's like, hey, I would never trash talk greatness. And uh, he's like, there goes he, that man. He's like, especially a guy like LeBron who could flip the switch and he can turn it on when he wants. I'm like, has LeBron flipped the switch yet? No. It, he like, has it. He has it other, in playoff games, but he doesn't yeah, in this got, game yeah. or in this series. That's for sure. I, I feel like they flipped the switch that... For me, that line goes to people who've flipped the switch in titles and won titles and stuff before, like a Kawhi, something like that. Those people yeah. can flip the well, switch. Well, LeBron's done it since then. but Yeah, he, yeah LeBron now, but like back then. He no. had not at this point uh, in a finals game, that's for sure. Because he did not flip the switch this game. No, so. he did not. We'll <laughs> get into it. So coming up, let's get into a couple more storylines going into this game, and then let's actually break down Game 5, 2011 NBA Finals, Mavs versus Heat. All right, Isaac, let's break down... The rest of the storylines, another J.J. Barea start, the second in a row for J.J. Barea in the finals. I thought that was significant. He'll have an incredible game in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. it was crazy impact on this game. Uh, obviously, we have to also mention that the series is tied 2-2, two to two, and this is the last game in Dallas. And uh, Dirk's feeling better after the flu game. This is all sort of working up to be, you know, like, I mean, LeBron tweeted it. It's now or never. It's like at this point, if a, if a team goes up 3-2, it's a huge advantage for that team. They're going back to Miami for two games. So uh, Miami's not even really out of it if the Mavs win this game. But if the Mavs lose this game, it'd be really tough for the Mavs to come back from it. Yeah, that was another thing, you know, they obviously talked about early uh, during that first quarter was, you know, Van Gundy and Breen Jackson just talking about the stakes at hand. I mean, yeah, 2-2 last game at Dallas. If you're Dallas, you can't go down, you know, 2-3 and having to win back-to-back games in Miami. I mean, that, that would be huge. And, you know, if you're Miami, obviously you don't want to uh, you don't want to be one you know, one loss away from losing the finals. But it was funny how even them, even in that moment when the series was tied, you could even hear it in their voices. And one of them said, you know, well, you know, I, I think that, you know Dallas would still have a chance, you know, going into Miami. It's like, well, yeah, of course they would have a freaking <laughs> chance. Like, why are we still like even in that moment, they were still kind of looked at. You know, a little bit lower than Miami because Miami had this big three people, and even the like you could just hear it in their voices and what they were saying about you know Dallas's chances. Yeah, it seemed like you know Miami was the, people were just waiting around for Miami to strike, right? Yeah, they're just waiting for Miami to finally take take the reins and just you know, completely go out. Um, Brandon Haywood is out for this game again. I think that's the only player that was actually really out. Uh, Peja doesn't play, which is kind of interesting to me that he doesn't end up playing and he has sort of found his way out of the, the finals rotation at this point. Um, 
So Jan, Jan Mahaney got torched by Bosch. Yes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. In, in Brendan Haywood's wake. Um, so starting lineup, Jason Kidd, J.J. Barea, Sean Marion, Dirk, and then Tyson Chandler, uh, Bibby, Wade, LeBron, Bosch, and Joel Anthony. The same lineup started for the Heat that it started every single game. Uh, in the first quarter, Mavs kind of went out to pretty early 11-6 lead. And then at three minutes... Dwayne Wade flops right into Brian Cardinal, falls down, and then hurts his hip, and he goes back into the locker room with about three minutes left. Dallas is up 23-19, which is that Monsters, Inc. reference, 23-19. But they're up by four. Wade goes back into the locker room, and uh, this was a, a big deal because he ends up missing a couple stretches in this game. Yeah, I mean, he tried to have his, like, Willis Reed moment, and... Really, the stage was set for both Wade and LeBron to have like a monumental finals like moment and like a defining type of moment because it Wade goes out and has the injury thing. And then, you know, he comes back into the game. He goes back out again later on. It, if Wade could have came up clutch in that fourth, it would have been known as the like, dang, Wade fought through it. He left the game multiple times. All this like stuff. his Willis Reed game. Yes, he, he would have had his own Willis Reed game. But... But then, on the other hand, LeBron could have had his finals moment, too, because Wade went out out so many times. Like, this was his time. Like, this this was the now or never that he tweeted about. This was his time to step up and show everyone that he was the air quote best player in the world. And, you know, he didn't do that. So, they both kind of had a chance to have this iconic finals moment, and they both really didn't have it. So... Yeah, that was that was fascinating. So Wade goes out. Uh, he doesn't come back in until about 8 minutes and 40, 49 seconds left in the second quarter. So he misses a good chunk of time there, but not a ton of time at that point. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, in the first quarter, Jeff Van Gunny makes an, a really good basketball point, which is something that we have not said in a long time. <laughs> A long time about Jeff Van Gundy basketball games, but he talks about Tyson Chandler screening, and he talks mm. about him, uh, you know, setting screens for you know for ball handlers on offense, and he says that Tyson Chandler is doing something different than what's conventionally taught about setting a screen. Normally, he said at this point in in the NBA, where you set a screen, you screen for the de- you know the defender, and then you turn so that you can see the ball. So you basically like if if. Man, it's kind of hard to explain. So if the ball handler is in front of you to your right, you're screening. The ball handler is to your right. You're going to turn and then face the basket, put out your left hand in order to to grab the ball and see the ball the entire time. But what Tyson yeah. Chandler had been doing and what Amar, he also mentioned Amari Stoudemire had you know, fam, you know, familiarized this around the NBA is you turn around to your right. And so your back is turned to the ball when you turn, but that way you get more space because you're kind of spinning around your defender potentially. Then, then you put your left hand out, and then you're able to, you know, get to the basket. Hopefully that makes sense. But the way that he was rolling and the technique was sort of unconventional, but it was allowing him to get more space as he rolled to the basket. And uh, that that's pretty that's pretty common now. I was I was surprised to hear that because that's usually all we see at this point. It's really hard. It's really interesting to ever see. A guy do the you know the 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 screen and then roll to his left right or roll to you know yeah. wherever the quickest way to the basket is. They're usually rolling the other way to get some more space. Yeah, I don't remember this point in the broadcast. This is a great point, uh, mainly because I was watching it with my one year old son, and but, <laughs> he probably remembers. Get him on. <laughs> he probably does, but 
yeah, when somebody sets a screen, you kind of have this thing like you can set the screen and then you can just run to the basket pretty much. You don't have to every time you set a screen, you don't have to fully open up your whole body, you know, and, and swing around your shoulder to the ball. And so, yeah, great point by uh, Van Gundy there, which we don't say very often. And it was an interesting technique, and, and Tyson finally setting screens and becoming the the role man was what kind of changed this series for them. Something we've we've mentioned in a couple of these games, game two, you know, game three we talked about, game two, uh, last game four we also mentioned that this was a big thing. And Some so that, would say it was like a Nerlens Noel starter kit, <laughs> a Nerlens Noel finished product. I think we <laughs> put it at that point. Um, so yeah, so the Mavericks are you know they. Score 30 with 37 seconds left. They're up 30 to 26, which I thought was just wild because it was the first time in this whole series any team had scored 30 points in any quarter. I literally wrote this down. First team scored 30 points in a game. <laughs> in in a quarter. That was, that was, yeah, that was one of my... Uh, in this uh, series, in, which was yeah, in, just in wild series. to think about. Uh, but then the... Uh, the Heat score a quick bucket, and then Mario Chalmers hits another dang buzzer beater at the end of a quarter. From he heaves it, and so the Heat are up thirty-one to thirty after the first quarter. Uh, we go into the second quarter. The Mavs actually played some pretty good defense in a couple of these possessions. They had faced two shot clock violations from the Miami Heat. They weren't getting a ton going. Uh, Dwayne Wade comes back in. The Miami were act- Miami Heat were actually twenty-eight and twenty-two without him, so they were actually plus six when Wade was on the bench at that point in the first through the second quarter and uh you know second quarter not a ton happens um, sean marion gets a technical with two minutes and 17 seconds left in the second quarter they're tied 52 52 lebron had grabbed the ball dribbled picked the ball up and then tried to dribble again and he got away with it and marion was upset so he got called for a technical uh miami go or dallas goes on a 14 to 4 run towards the end of the second quarter they're up 60 to 57 at halftime LeBron has only nine points at this point at halftime, which is something we'll mention a little later. Uh, and then to start start the third quarter, Mike Miller starts instead of Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne's not even on the bench. Yeah, the first half, Mario Chalmers hits four threes, which was big for them. Mario Chalmers shot the ball really well in this series. Um a couple, you know, buzzer beaters, like you said, but also, you know, I love how you mentioned LeBron, you know, had nine points. This is missing Wade a little bit in this first half, but it another moment that I jotted down in these in these notes that uh, Mark Jackson takes up for LeBron in this, and he's like, LeBron is making all the proper reads. He's not being passive, and it's like because he at, at this late in the second quarter he hadn't attempted uh, a free throw yet, and it's like, okay. If you're LeBron, like you just got to go to the rim. Like you're the most athletic dude on the on the floor. You got to get to the rim. And it was just funny hearing. It, it was so obvious hearing Mark Jackson take up for him again. But yeah, going to the the third quarter, and uh, I I noticed this. I, I jotted this down at the very start of the third quarter. The Mavericks were six of eight from the three point line, and yeah, Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gunning goes, they're just so on fire from the three point line. They're six of eight <laughs> from three. It's like whoa. <laughs> This is like Steph in the first quarter right now. This uh, happened so. early in the first half, too, where one team was four of five and the other one was like five of six or something like that. And they're like, they're bombing from three. I'm like, that's good for two players, right? <laughs> in a quarter, right? It's like great percentage, but I need a little bit more. It's wild how much things have changed. Uh, but, what, but watching this game back then, though, it did feel like they hit like 25 threes. Yeah. It felt like, you know, as soon as they started hitting more, like, dang, they've hit so many threes. And you look at it and it's like, all right, well, they hit 13. 
that's it. It's like I felt like they hit 23 instead of 13. Just wild. Uh, J.J. Barea, we mentioned that he got the start in this game. He's, he played 26 minutes. He ended up scoring 17 points with five assists. Um, halfway through the third quarter, he scored eight points in the third quarter, and so he was he was playing pretty well. Uh, he was scoring. He was picking up a lot of the scoring load for the Mavericks. Um, Dwayne Wade comes back into the game after missing the start of the third quarter. He comes back in with four minutes and 33 seconds left. Miami was 14 of 15 without him at that point. Uh, so they were actually minus one when Wade missed the start of the third quarter. And, and I love how Jeff Van Gundy in this, too, made a point to say, because like you said, I mean, Wade missed the first, what, eight minutes of the third quarter. And he made a point. He's like, this team is still a good team. Like, LeBron should be leading this team. Like, this isn't a just because Wade is out, like they shouldn't win or something like that. He's like, And he, he compared it to the LeBron's Cleveland team, which was trash back in the day. Yes. And he was like, this isn't the LeBron Cleveland, you know, squad that he had. This is not that. And so, anyway, I just loved how he pointed that out and i i I wrote i made a note on this with seven minutes to go a rainbow three by dirk Mm. near the top of the key i think i tweeted it in my thread today go on twitter at nick van exit and i did a thread of this game today and i tweeted it it was amazing i mean just absolute beauty and just nothing but net i could just just watch this every single day it was awesome um so then with three minutes and 45 seconds left in the third quarter the Mavericks take their largest lead of the finals. It was 80 to 71. Miami takes a timeout. Mavericks are, are riding high at this point. Even with Wade back, Wade had been back for, you know, less than a minute, but he was still a little over a minute. He was back in the lineup. The Mavericks take their largest lead, go on a little run, and uh, the Mavericks are riding high at this point. It felt pretty good <laughs> to beat the Mavericks at this point. But coming up, we'll talk about how it kind of goes away. We'll talk about the Mavs' comeback, how it ends, and then we'll talk about the storylines after the game coming up. All right, Isaac, let's talk more about the Mavericks. Towards the end of the third quarter, we mentioned they take the largest lead of the finals. They're up by nine with three minutes and 45 seconds left. Miami takes a timeout. They come back. At three minutes and 15 seconds left in the third quarter, LeBron hits a three. He's up to 15 points. Mm. He finishes with 17 points. So I don't know if I'm foreshadowing anything for you at this point. Um, he hits a three. Dirk... Um, or the Mavericks finish, um, you know, the, the third quarter up by five. They're up eighty-four to seventy-nine, and this was the first time that Dallas had led going into the fourth quarter in this finals, which I thought was an, another wild. They've they've won two games, but this is the first time they've led going into the fourth quarter. That's insane to think about. But yeah, and the fact that you know the series is tied two two. I wrote a note for the uh, third quarter. Big Brian Cardinal minutes. I thought he you know he played eight minutes or nine minutes in this game, and uh, I thought they were uh, I thought they were good minutes from him. Good energy minutes. Uh, drew some fouls and stuff. Hit a three. Him and, Ju- him and Juwan Howard. Yeah, hit three. Uh, had a little you know some words and stuff. I also want to point out this. What what did you think when you when you watch this series? I just. Every time Jason Terry goes right and pulls up for a jumper off yeah. his right hand, <laughs> yes. it feels like it's money every time. So then I was thinking about, besides the Dirk fadeaway, what moves on this team did you feel like was money every time? It was like the Jet right-handed pull up, Jason Kidd set three, because he shot like yeah. 42%, but I, I felt like that was going in every time. Well, because uh, he was wide but, open most of the time. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and like a Sean Marion floater, maybe. Like, Sean Marion three times in this game does this little move where he sort of was posting up, but he kind of was just in this spot anyway. He's around the rim. He's probably about 10 feet away from the rim. He did this twice early in the game on LeBron. I also put this in my Twitter thread where he just kind of takes takes the ball and flips it up. It's not even really a full baby hook. It's not even it's not a full hook. It's not even a baby hook, right? It's just kind of like this little flip shot that's uh, pretty much unblockable, but he put two of those in and another one that was another shot that was sort of like that. Uh, and that was another shot where I felt like, you know, Sean Marion was was in his bag. <laughs> He's kind of around that, yeah. that paint area and he gets a little space and he has one guy on him. He's able to get that shot up and somehow it goes in, which is just the... It's, it's just a natural the, touch, man. Like, that touch is... Not everybody has that. Going back to Dennis Smith Jr., it was like, how many times did we see him after practice just sitting there trying to do these little floaters? And it's like, you know, he's trying to work on the touch, but just not everybody has that touch. Luka Doncic has that touch around the basket, just that soft, you know, get it. Sean Marion has that touch to some degree. Like Justin Jackson has a touch like that. Michael K. Gilchrist doesn't have that touch. You know, so like, (laughs) Like some of these guys that you know, you can just tell they just have that touch around the basket. It goes for bigs too. You see certain bigs that yeah. are just really nice around the basket, and some Pau you know, Gasol some had bigs. This. Yes, Pau Gasol, Jokic, you know, some of these you know guys. But then some guys like I don't know. Yeah, I don't even want to put anybody else on blast. But it's like some guys could barely even do a hook shot, or there's bricking it, you know, from three feet away. So <laughs> Dwight Howard. Okay, that's where I was, I was honestly where I was going to go with it but I was like is you that can too go there. it's fine he's he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer but oh that it doesn't mean he's not a great player he just doesn't have the touch sure, yeah, yeah, it doesn't even, true, yeah. he doesn't take anything away from, from Dennis either he doesn't have the you know it's not part of his game <laughs> future Hall of Famer um at the start of the first, at the start of the fourth quarter, we had Doris with Carlisle, Doris Burke with Rick Carlisle, and he mentioned two things that he just mentioned. I think every single interview he did this whole finals. I was gonna say I missed this. He wanted two things: penetration on offense and activity on defense. This is something that he has just preached the entire time. Every single time he has an interview, I feel like he has said these two words: penetration and activity. So penetration on offense, activity on defense. And I just thought that that was very interesting. He kept just saying the same two words and I wonder if he was really preaching that in a huddle or if those are just the words that he thought he could get away with on TV yeah he was just all about penetration (laughs) okay (laughs) oh man at six minutes left in the fourth quarter the Mavericks are up by one the the Heat had kind of made a little comeback and LeBron notches a triple-double, 17 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. So that thought was also very notable with six minutes left in the game. Um, Job, Miami, LeBron. Miami then hits another shot, and they take their first lead of the second half with about five minutes, 15 seconds left. Miami had gone on a since, – since the Mavericks had taken their biggest lead, we mentioned at the end of the third quarter, Miami had gone on a 25-15 to 15 run. Uh, J.J. Barreo was actually playing over Jet at this point. And, but then after this kind of timeout, Jet comes back in the game, and Jet will play a huge part towards the end of this game. Um, he hits a three with about three minutes and 22 seconds, and both teams are notched at 100, which is the first time that either team has scored 100 points, and they both did it pretty much at the same time, which I thought was wild too. 
Yeah, Miami went by went up by four, and I, I know it's just four points, but they went by four with like four minutes or something going the game. You're like, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. It's like, don't, don't. It's like, the thing about Miami, everyone's just waiting away. around for them to take control and to go on one of their runs, right? It was they were able yeah. to just score points in bunches. We've said that so many times during this series, but you're just waiting around for them to finally do it, and they just never pulled away, especially in this game. Yeah, you know they tie it up, and then uh, I've noted down at two forty five mark. There, there's a play that just, I mean, brought me to my feet. I remember <laughs> watching this was the the Dirk dunk, and uh, I was just it got it brought the arena. I mean, it it got me hyped rewatching it again today, and I, I just thought that was a huge momentum shift type of play for the Mavs. Yeah, Dirk gets the ball on the left baseline basically, and Chris Bosh kind of he runs to him and goes to his left. Goes to Dirk's left and tries to cut off his jumper, but instead Dirk just you know puts the ball on the deck and drives straight to the basket. I mean, Bosch gave him a straight line drive to the basket. There was no help defense, and he, that's why he was able to just dunk it home. Mavs take the lead back at that point. It's 102-100 with two minutes and 45 seconds left, and we get a couple minutes of... Uh, just the Mavs hitting key key buckets, and then the Heat just not being able to respond. Basically, uh, with a minute twenty six left, we have Dirk space in the floor. Jet drives, kicks back to Kid for that patent. You know that that you know set three point shot. He hits the shot. They go up by five at that point. On the other end, you know Tyson Chandler blocks Dwayne Wade. A huge block at this oh, point. Oh yes, which was massive. Into my veins. Which was absolutely massive. Uh, then. With just under a minute to go, LeBron kind of he kind of tries to get bailed out with a foul. He's on the right block. He's on the right block, and he sort of tries to throw this shot up in the air and flails, and he doesn't get the foul. But then Bosch gets fouled. He hits one of his two free throws. It's one hundred five to one hundred to one hundred one minute with less than a minute left, and then thirty three mm. seconds left. Yes. Jason Terry guarded by Le- guarded by LeBron James. Jason Terry long three nails it. It's the dagger. It's one hundred eight. 101. Mavericks had gone on a 13 to 2 run, which is massive. 33 seconds left in the game, uh, and the Heat just never respond, and the Mavericks end up taking this game. Maybe this is why Mavs fans now are just so pissed about the the clutch problems this past year because we were so spoiled with seeing this Mavs team in clutch moments just doing these things I mean on the biggest stage in the biggest series and the comebacks and you know game two comeback we hear all the time but just this run like you said what did you say 13-2 14 17 to 4 run at the end of the game yeah, I mean, just that run right there and those plays, the Dirk Dunk and the Kid Jet Threes, Tyson Blood. Like, it's just everything was just stacking on top of each other. And it's like you were just getting more hyped. And at this point, you were kind of just expecting it when things started going for the Mavs because it's like, yeah, let's go. This is our time. And once Jet hit that three, you knew it was in the back then. You're like, dang, we up 3 2. This is nuts. <laughs> Great scoring game for a lot of players. Dirk had 29. Jed had 21. Jason, Jason, uh, Jason, um, JJ Bread 17. Jason Kidd had 13. Tyson Chandler had 13. And uh, LeBron, in the last six minutes of the game, two points in basically, you know, one of those quick, you know, quick layups that the, the, you know, the Mavericks kind of gave up because they didn't want to allow a three. He gets two points. That's the only points he scores. No rebounds, no assists in the last six minutes of the game. This is two games in a row now we've seen LeBron really 
I mean, choke really, at this point. There's yeah. really no, no. I mean, it's a harsh term, but there's nothing else to really say about it because he really I think just it's a great term. He really just did not come up. You know, uh, he did not come up big in this game or the last one. I I could add so much more, but I mean, I think the stat line and everything you just said speaks for itself. In the third quarter, Wade had missed seven minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, that's all he. That's all the time he missed in the second half, and so he ended up not missing that much time with the hip injury. He ended up playing. What is it? He played thirty four minutes, and and LeBron played forty six. So he may have missed probably about you know twelve minutes in total, maybe more than that. Uh, he would have sat at least some of that. Uh, a couple other storylines to end this game. This is five years after the Mavericks had gone up 2-0 on the Heat. And this is the first time the Mavericks had gotten their third victory. Like that elusive third victory is what the AP said, which was a huge deal. So they had not gotten three victories against the Heat in the last final. So this is a big step for them. Huge. And, you know, it's the last game in Dallas, like we said from the very beginning, bringing it full circle. And the last, you know, fans knew the, the moment they lost that game three, it's like, all right, well, you know that uh, if the Mavericks can pull this off, it won't be in Dallas. So uh, it was a good send off for them in Dallas and you know, American Airlines Center for the fans. And everybody, you know, was just super hyped knowing that, hey, throwback to Easter Sunday is coming <laughs> uh, because game six is coming on that Sunday and I think I think this game five was on Thursday maybe yeah yeah it was um, and game six in Miami was coming on Sunday and I mean like a lot of you guys I'm sure you're like all right like you're home you know you're home for most of the day getting ready for for this pivotal game six and uh, you know we'll talk about that tomorrow two more stats before we go the first four games of this series were de- determined by 15 total points. It was the fewest since a 12 you know point per game difference between the Celtics and Lakers in the 1969 finals. So this is basically the closest oh, nice. series through four games since 1969. That's a nice stat. And then in games one through three combined, the Mavs led for a total of 35 minutes and 41 seconds, uh, which is not a lot. In game five, the Mavs led for a total of 31 minutes so they almost eclipsed their entire you know time that they led from games one through three which i thought was wild too so the mavericks at this point really seems like they're really taking control there's close games the mavericks were able to to finish it out they're able to keep their leads at some point they're able to finish it off and we'll finish it off tomorrow game six we'll be back guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps so boom